Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We need to ask Siri, what's that song that goes, What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. And welcome back to the Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Kaylin, your host, and I am here as your internet sister to talk about all the things that you ever really think about talking about in the virtual cafe that is Coe's. Today, with Valentine's being right around the corner, I figured we would do a bit of a Valentine's Day themed coffee talk and talk about love and heartbreak and twin flames and soulmates and do those things really exist? I'm going to share some personal experiences today and I want to hear your guys' experiences too, so feel free to share your love stories or anything at all that sparks any kind of thought in your brain from today's chat, feel free to share it either on the Discord chat or in the YouTube comments down below. The question of what actually is love has been asked for centuries. We've tried to explain it in poems, we've tried to explain it in art, we've tried to explain it in movies, in shows, in books. Today I'm going to be talking a bit more about romantic love and that kind of pinpoints, you know, a bit more of the targeted love that we talk about on Valentine's day, but in general, answering the question what is love is a very difficult thing because if I were to give my personal opinion, I think the whole idea of love is it's like an energy or a vibration or one of the highest kind of like channels you can basically emit. It's a verb if you're going to ask John Mayer, uh, but I also think it can be a noun, it can be a feeling, it can be so many different things. If we are going to take John Mayer's stance and believe that love is a verb, then in that case love would be considered an expression. It's a way or doing something that expresses the love that you have for somebody. When I was little, I used to 
have such a fairy tale version of what love was in my head. And I think that that comes from being just generally kind of a hopeless romantic, a Pisces, and just a sensitive being in general. And also on top of that, just growing up and not really fully comprehending what romantic love was supposed to look like. Like I didn't necessarily have the best example of romantic love growing up. I was so convinced that I would be married by the time I was 23 and I'm 26 about to turn 27 and ho girl, there was no way she was going to be married at 23. That was not happening. Like if I got married at 23, it would not have lasted because I've changed so much since being 23 and I've changed so much since being a little girl. So even though I idolized and romantic love so much in my brain when I was little. When it came to growing a little bit older, getting into my teens, and actually starting to date, I actually struggled a lot with love when it came to my boyfriends. And I don't think it was like an obvious struggle because it's something that you can only see in hindsight. And now that I've matured and I'm older, I can look back on my first few relationships in life and see where the struggle was. My high school boyfriend was my first love, the first person I ever told them that I loved them. And that relationship was very close at that time and very kind of typical for that age. I felt very safe and secure around him, but we were also both very young. We still had so much growing to do and there was a lot of problems and issues there too that when you're young, you know, don't matter as much, but as you're older, these things do start to get taken into account when it comes to dating. Do I believe it was really love? In that moment, in that time, when I was 15, yes, I was head over heels in love, but the older I've gotten, the more my heart has grown, the more I've come to understand different layers of love, different layers of intimacy. Me and love have a very interesting history because despite having these difficulties and also romanticizing love, I started to notice there was this pattern happening in my life where my relationship just wouldn't seem to work out. And then I'd be like, okay, it must just be that I haven't found my person. I haven't found the right person yet. I haven't found my soulmate yet. So I need to keep looking. And then I'd meet somebody else and we would start dating. And along the way, things again, just wouldn't work out. And it kind of felt like it was happening over and over again. And you know how you have little bad habits? And then as time progresses, you don't notice them as bad habits until they become bigger bad habits or patterns that start to happen. Well, as I grew up, matured, and was dating other types of guys and other went into other relationships, I started noticing a pattern, a pattern of each relationship not working out for whatever reason. And of course, that's normal. Like dating around in your 20s and such, you know, I wasn't necessarily somebody that could, and there's nothing wrong with this, but go and sleep with a couple people at once or have a couple flings going on at once. Like I'm very much a one guy type of gal because of just who I am by nature. Like when I know people or when I care about people, I want them to be in my life and I want to care about them deeply. And it's impossible to do that with a lot of people at once. So I've had like four serious relationships or serious. I, I will put bunny ears around serious. They felt very serious at the time. Either life would take us in different directions and I would feel like, you know, we're kind of on a clock here. So why don't we call it I, either amicable where both of us could see where things were heading and we'd call it off. Or I would feel like I just didn't feel the same anymore. And so I would call it off and eventually I feel like the other person would a catch on. But there were two times in my life that I got my heart broken and even those were horrible, horrible feelings. Each relationship was so different. Each person I've dated was very, very different. And I think in a lot of ways it was my own way of getting to know more of myself and more of what I wanted and didn't want. And just what different types of love felt like. As much as I would sometimes lead relationships to the well, you know how they say you can like lead a, is it a donkey to the 
pond but you can't get it to drink the water. I would try and get these relationships to hit that well and for whatever reason they wouldn't. So when I ask myself the question, what is love? And given the experiences that I've had, I definitely see romantic love as something that is, in a lot of ways, intimacy. To truly love someone is to be able to see them for who they are underneath all of these layers, underneath who we maybe show to the public or show to people outside of our comfort zones, and instead to see someone on such a deep level that you can talk about the things that really matter, that you can open up about your fears, about your worries, about your hopes and your dreams for the world, and share those intimate moments that you can feel embarrassed around and know that you know they're not judging you like there's new le basically levels of intimacy if you've ever looked up the seven levels of intimacy to me love it's really kind of like that scale of how deeply intimate you can get with somebody. Relationships that didn't work out in the past, it would always be because we'd get stuck on a certain level of intimacy and I would know I could go deeper, but the relationship itself didn't feel like it could go any deeper. When two people enter a relationship together, you're really entering a giant life lesson. I think everybody kind of hopes to find that person where you enter the classroom and you go through all of your lessons together, or if not, just support each other through each other's lessons. But there are gonna be times, or there could be times in your life I don't know because I know there's many people out there that may have just met their person and have been with them since. But if you haven't, there may be times where you enter into a classroom with somebody who you're only supposed to do a semester with, or maybe you're only supposed to do a grade with. I believe love also comes with ingredients. You need a few different ingredients in order to feel that type of friction or chemistry or love that just attracts you towards somebody. And that is the first one is physical or just general attraction. You need to have like a spark or some sort of chemistry and the difference between a really close and good friendship and romantic love is that spark, is that chemistry, is that attraction to who that person is. It's literally like your body's reaction to their body. It's a very chemical, physical reaction to somebody else. And if you've ever been attracted to somebody, you know that feeling, it makes you like fluttery in your stomach. Like if maybe you get like clammy palms, maybe you stutter on your words a little bit, but it's all because this person is creating a very physical response inside of you. And the way they smell is good to you. The way they taste is good to you. Like it sounds weird, but that's actually a very deeply embedded part of our body. But physical attraction clearly isn't the only ingredient to love. Otherwise, you know, that would just be lust. The other things come with trust, shared values and shared interests, good communication, which is probably one of the Actually, all of these are so important, but that's definitely one of the top ones. Vulnerability, and this one is probably one I would underline in terms of one of the ones that I've learned the most in my 20s is having a shared view of reality and values because I've been able to check off all of those other boxes, but then when it comes to that last one of having a shared view of reality and common values, that's where things can really get tricky in terms of keeping something long term. I was in a relationship once with somebody who was a completely different religion than mine and their family was still very involved in their religion and they themselves were still very involved with their religion, which I only say because me, myself, I'm not totally involved in my religion. Like I was baptized as a baby, but 
and it's nothing against being Christian or Catholic, but I just didn't fully identify with it. And at the time of this relationship, I was also exploring what I truly did believe in, what really resonated with me. Within that relationship, I learned so much. I got to basically enter this whole new world, enter this whole new religion, and was welcomed with open arms by him and his family. And I got to celebrate different things. I got to experience different things. I remember hearing stories, you know, religious texts and stories that were in Hebrew and were different than mine. And I was so intrigued by it, but there was this little inkling in the back of my head that was like this could eventually become a problem. This is something that is clearly a very strong value for him. And for me, it was actually a very attractive thing to see him hold his religion as at such a high value but it wasn't my religion. And as much as I could admire and appreciate his religion, and as much as my curiosity loved hearing about it, it wasn't mine. It wasn't mine and I couldn't see myself adapting to something that it wasn't, it just didn't feel like me. And so it was kind of one of those clock things where, okay, this works right now, but what about when we get married? What is that going to look like? What about our children? Would our children be Jewish or would we give them spiritual freedom? Like these are things that started to come up in the back of my head, which made me realize there was an expiration date on that relationship as hard as it was and as deep as that relationship was. So values are one thing. I mean, what it is that you value and what it is that you want from life, what it is that you hold closest and dearest to you? What are the pillars that keep you up and keep you strong during the hardest parts of basically what this life can bring you? But also the shared reality is a whole other one because we all view life completely different. And it's weird because as much as we can look at the exact same tree or watch the same movie, we can see totally different things. And it's because our perspectives made up of all of our experiences to now, all of the emotions, all of the hard hardships, all of the things that we've gone through, all of the information that we're constantly processing, we shift it in a way or kind of paint it in a color that is very unique to us. And having a similar reality or a similar perspective on reality as somebody is just as important as having similar values. Now, all of these things, all of these ingredients aren't black and white. It isn't like, yes, we have this or no, we don't. In reality, let's just bring it to Sims. I feel like it's all like gauges. Every time I think of gauges, I think of the Sims and how the bar can feel green or go down, you know, when your Sims needs to like eat and stuff or needs Atmo and all of that. And so I feel like when it comes to attraction, vulnerability, communication, shared interests, and a agreement of reality and values, those are all gauges and you're trying to find, I guess, the most compatible gauge range for you that's going to allow you to enter a relationship that can be sustainable and long lasting. Typically in a relationship, the more you communicate, the more vulnerable you are, the more you share your deep values, your deep beliefs and perspectives on reality, and the more you feed that attraction through affection, obviously the better your relationship is going to be. So. Another little personal experience of mine, which I've opened up quite a bit, like quite a lot, honestly, considering it's being posted just openly to the internet, is my affection issues. It's all about the person that you have in your life because I feel like different people can pull out different sides of you. And so, again, I've had relationships in my life, deep, close relationships. One in particular that we were looking at houses, we talked about getting married, and it was very stable. It was very safe. We made each other feel safe. We held each other through really difficult times in our life but there was definitely this affection missing. And then that happened again to me in a different relationship where in a total different way, where it was just like, to know it was there was too intense. 
so you couldn't even go there you know you couldn't even test the theory because of so many different layers of things. I actually saw a video today on Instagram of a cute old couple that heard their song in the grocery store and started dancing. Like that to me is your way of still showing a physical affection for somebody, which is also so important, especially in a world that is so generated by our minds right now. When we're on our phones and we're in technology and a lot of our jobs require us to be in our brains, to have somebody that brings you back into your body is so important. While true love is having that mutual compatibility of all of the gauges that we just talked about in all of those ingredients. Love can also come in really painful forms like unrequited love where maybe you love somebody but they don't love you back or maybe you've been loved by somebody but you couldn't give them that same love in return and that is probably, no that is, I want to say one of the most painful experiences of love that I've ever witnessed in both ranges because I've been on both sides of that coin and when it was me that felt like I couldn't give the person the love that they were trying to give me that they did give me so openly, it broke my heart because I didn't want to have to hurt that person and I didn't want to have to call it for what it was. Like I would have tried to fake it for the rest of my life if I could just to make that person happy, but that would have made us both miserable. But then when the shoe's on the other foot and it's you and it's you that's trying to understand why somebody can't love you the way that you just so easily love them, it's hard to see it that way. It's hard to remember the feeling of the person that's in the other shoes and so instead you internalize it and you make yourself out to be not good enough or you know maybe you start highlighting all your insecurities and your flaws and this can be a really painful experience like meeting somebody who is incredible like it truly felt like deep down to our cores we were very similar and could talk about very deep things and like we had very similar perspectives on life, but it was unrequited love. He couldn't give me the love that I could give him and I wouldn't give him the love I could until I knew I would get it in return. And so we were constantly at this crossroads and we never got anywhere. You know, I fell down the wormhole of twin flames and soulmates and we're gonna jump into all of that right after this because I think it is a really cool concept and I think there's a lot to learn there. But even the happiest and the healthiest kinds of love that you can experience in this life, in this realm, in your lifetime, will tend to step on or push places in you that are uncomfortable and that are painful. Love is going to open up your wounds or create some that maybe weren't there before. And it's gonna challenge you in ways that nothing else really can. And that's why there's so many love songs written and heartbreak written. And it's everywhere you look and everything you see, it's all this perception of what love is or individual people's perception of what love is and expression of what love is. So how do soulmates and twin flames fit into that storyline of love? And are these things real or fantasy. If you guys want to hear my perspective, then stick around right after this quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, 
indoor or outdoor. You can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Okay. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Let's start with soulmates because I believe in soulmates. And all soulmates are are two souls that feel connected on a deep level. These can be your friends. These can be your pets. These can be your parents. These can be your siblings. These can be coworkers. These can be people you only meet for a short time in your life. Like I have friends that I had when I was little that to me are still soulmates even though we lost touch over the years or people that I've met on trips that I don't see or talk to much anymore but they were soulmates to me because what we experienced together the things we talked about those moments and memories we created were deep when you think about how time is just an illusion and how all of this is just one giant kind of colossal present experience that soulmates kind of defy time and they defy what our life linear experience is it's almost as if you're souls have agreed to experience whatever it is you're experiencing with said soulmate. So if it's your dog, for instance, like my pup sleeping behind me, like it would be as if in whatever realm is before this one, we agreed that, hey, Bentley, you're going to be my dog. I'm going to be your owner. You're going to teach me this. I'm going to teach you that or prep you for whatever your next life is. And when I see you there, we're not going to remember this, but we're just going to, we've agreed to it now. So let's just go. Let's do it. So I did a little research on soulmates because like I said, I wanted to know if these things truly existed and other than my own personal experience I wanted to hear what other people had to say so I found out that there are multiple types of soulmates the first one being and the most common is your soul partner or your soul tie these are like I said your friends your family your siblings your romantic partners we live in a very hyper independent society right now you know how to just chase your dreams and live out your goals and be kind of selfish in that sense but in reality we aren't meant to live this life alone we're meant to experience and share with others and so your soulmates or your soul partners are here to help you accomplish what you're meant to accomplish and you're here to help them accomplish what they're here to accomplish and you're meant to share those experiences together whether long term or short now the other kind of soulmate you can have is a past life soulmate and this could be the same thing as a soul partner soul tie is what we just spoke of but this is somebody who you've had past ties with before you've lived past lifetimes with before if you believe in that kind of thing but even if you don't just bear with me pretend you do for a few minutes and just just engage the idea of what it could mean when you meet these people you recognize their energy usually right away if not pretty soon or you feel instantly super comfortable around them in a way that you can't explain it's like you've known them before or like you've known them a lot longer than you actually have it's believed that these past life soulmates may have come into this life in order to help you perhaps overcome a lesson goal or obstacle that you maybe didn't in your past life much like karma in a sense they can come along with either invitations or mistakes or lessons or opportunities for you or 
encouraging you to learn what it is you need to learn or go through the experience you need to go through by bringing these opportunities into your life. And then the third one, I mean, there's many other ones, but I narrowed it down to these three. The third soulmate or type of soulmate you can have is a twin flame. Now I fell down such a wormhole on twin flames because I thought I had met somebody who was my twin flame and, or at least I, I met somebody that I couldn't explain what it was and I needed an answer and I couldn't get it from the relationship itself. So I went out and sought answers and I found the concept of twin flames and I dug deep. Like I did a ton of research at the time because I wanted to know if that was what I was experiencing. And the thing that I will say about twin flames is that with my own experience and then reading other people's experiences, the common denominator amongst all of them was that most people seem to feel this magnetic attraction to somebody that they couldn't quite explain that felt deeper, that felt like there was a bigger meaning why these two souls were being brought together and that you could get so deep with this person or meet them on such a deep level that it almost felt like you were too happy of the same hole. You know that meme where there's two people walking into, it's like a little girl and boy and they're walking and talking on a sidewalk and then the sidewalk just turns into a cosmic circle that they're just like walking into the universe having a conversation. That's what being with this person felt like. Twin flames are said to be a very healing connection but based on how challenging they are. Like they either challenge you so much that you're forced to heal or there's, it's such a complicated connection that you really start to uncover and explore so many layers of yourself. And again, I went through that similar experience. And so at the same time, I was like, is this a twin flame? Is this what I'm experiencing? Like, does this really even exist? Because the thing that got me with twin flames that I couldn't get on board with was that you're the same soul split into two and put into two different bodies. And I just couldn't get on board with that. That my soul isn't just my experiences built up to now that I actually am someone or something before I was ever this. That as much as I'm a drop, I go back into an ocean and then I become a drop again if I believe in reincarnation. It's the idea that your single drop was pulled into two and put into two bodies and all energy is collective from one source and then we separate into these bodies and into trees and into animals and we start to see this idea that we're all separate when we're really all one. But I cannot get on board with like a twin flame being one singular one split into two. Two people share the same consciousness that's what I struggle with because I really don't think you can, but again, who am I to say I'm just some 26 year old Canadian girl that's never experienced sharing the same consciousness with somebody else outside of that one particular relationship where I did feel like it was close but again, it wasn't like we were sharing the same experience or the same consciousness. Like it wasn't like our brains, our brains were on the same wave, but they were still two different brains. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. The thing I could get on board with when it came to twin flames is the idea that your twin flame is basically meant to enter your life to help you shed the layers of your ego that are wounding you. This person became quite literally the pinnacle that created such a catastrophe in my entire life. And I started to see all of these behaviors I had, all of these deeply embedded safety mechanisms that I had and all of these painful experiences that felt like painful experiences I had experienced as a kid and reminded me of what love or what I had perceived love to be felt like as a kid. And that was basically something I needed to work hard for, needed to earn, needed to prove, needed to whatever. And learning and healing yourself so you can evolve into the best version of yourself. I will always, 
always appreciate them so much because as painful as the experience was and not even heartbreaking because of them and what they did but heartbreaking in the sense of it opened up my consciousness to my own heartbreaks that I had suppressed so much since I was little that I started to just pull out and heal one after another. Oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional, but it's because it's literally like this person comes into your life and just triggers all of your traumatic experiences as a kid and you just... For me, I felt like I was sitting there and it was just waves and waves of just all of the ways I felt inferior as a kid, all of the ways that I felt unloved as a kid, all of the ways that I felt ignored and undervalued as a kid. And so I'll always cherish it. I'll always cherish that connection and that small little chapter of my life because it truly did create this whole ripple effect into me learning so much more about myself and evolving and shedding all of these layers and just like karate chopping my way back into feeling good about myself again because it made me crumble. It made me crumble like a dusty ass cookie. Conflict is one of the main ingredients when it comes to twin flames and so it's understandable that when you meet somebody and you have all this conflict and you have all this friction and you have all of this intensity and they bring up all of these emotions in you and they cause you to do all of this self-reflection and they cause you to basically heal a lot of wounds that you might have not even known you had before. It's easy to just slap the label twin flames on there and go the rest of your life holding on to somebody that isn't actually meant for you and that's again why I can't get on board with twin flames because I can't believe that just because this person can create all of that shift in you that that just means you're meant to be with them. Maybe not in this lifetime, maybe not even ever. I don't know exactly what even happens after this lifetime, so I truly can't say. I like to believe there's other lifetimes, but I can't get on board with that idea because I think, again, there are so many different types of love, and in my experience, that experience was a painful, long, dragged out experience. Only now have I felt healed enough that entering into something new, I feel myself flourish in a whole new way. The other core component to Twin Flames is the idea that one holds the more masculine role and one holds the more feminine role. And that isn't necessarily to say gender at all. This can be between two women, two men, just two souls in general, that just that one is the masculine, AKA the runner, and one is the feminine, AKA the chaser. And that again, polarity creates that intense magnetic attraction that you can't explain. Again, this is why I can't get on board with Twin Flames. It's taking away from the shared reality and it also takes away from the true and honest belief that the love you deserve shows up for you. The love that you deserve sees you for who you are, wants to support you, wants to hold you while you heal yourself. and isn't going to run away from you. That just sounds like, you know, immature love to me or people that aren't ready to be in love to me. And so that again is why I can't get on board with Twin Flames. This is turning into a podcast of why I do not believe in Twin Flames. I don't want anyone to fall into the mistake that I did where for like a year and a half, I believed somebody was my Twin Flame and I gave them way too many second chances and gave them way too much grace and way too much credit for not showing up and not doing the things that are required to be with somebody. And so I need bigger proof than that. And that's coming from a girl that will read her daily horoscope every day. But will I say that I believe that there are definite deep connections that you can't explain in this life? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things in this world that we won't explain, that we can't explain. As much as we try to use things like science and 
technology and, and so many other things to try and understand. There are certain things that I don't know if we'll ever understand them. And there's reasons why we don't have the answers to the questions we so desperately seek here. Sometimes when you've grown up feeling unsafe or unconnected to the love that was automatically built into the family you were born into, being loved can create this defense mechanism within us because it makes us feel threatened. When someone comes along actually offering you the love that you so desperately think of or wish or want or idealize in movies, it can be really easy not to accept it. The whole term nice guys or nice girls or nice people finish last, I, I feel like completely encompasses what I'm talking about because you want the person that doesn't treat you right because when you find the people that treat you right it's honestly more scary than the people that don't treat you right because that means they like you for you and that means you have to start asking yourself why you don't like you for you and that is a really scary vulnerable thing to do if you've spent your life running away from loving and liking and accepting yourself which a lot of us have it can reawaken that emotional pain from childhood the things that made us feel unlovable as a child especially if you didn't have very strong connections with your parents or or your caretakers growing up. Both giving somebody your love and receiving love from other people can really trigger that negative loop that we experienced in ourselves as little kids. The times we got rejected when we were little, the times where we were maybe bombarded with too much overprotection, too much love or not enough and we felt desperate for it. And it triggers all of these beliefs and these ideas that we created about ourselves as young children that have now basically formalized into personality traits. If love isn't complicated or if love isn't hard, then it's not love. And so that nice person finishes last is usually because that nice person is truly a great, awesome, nice person giving us love. And we're like, oh, that's too easy. So for some reason it's not as high value or it doesn't feel as high a value as the person that's making me work really hard to prove myself. But that's what I mean. That's, that's that twin flame mentality that you have to prove yourself. You have to like work hard. You have to feel broken and shattered in order to feel this deep, intimate love to kind of stay in the shallow end with these really complicated, hard to love relationships or people that make us feel hard to love because it doesn't actually trigger that deeper sense of security of let me feel rooted and anchored in myself and safe and at home around this person that does that so easily. It's down to us as individuals to learn our own defense mechanisms, learn the things that stop you when love is being handed to you. And oh, I just got butterflies in my stomach because again, I feel like this is such a challenging experience when you get around somebody that is willing to love you and wants to love you for who you are. And let's say you grew up feeling rejected, then when this person comes around and tries to give you the love that you want, you may feel anxious getting close to that person. You may have such a fear of abandonment or fear of rejection that you won't even allow yourself to get closer to accept that love. And because of those rejections growing up, you learned not to trust other people. So when someone comes along offering you something so easily and willingly and saying, hey, I see you for who you are. I love you for who you are. You may either reject them as a way to stay safe or you might cling to them as a way to stay safe. If you grew up feeling like love was something you had to earn, then again, you might feel like the only types of love you chase are the ones that make you feel like you need to prove yourself. If you grew up feeling constantly criticized, then you might believe that you're not worthy of love. You're not worthy of someone seeing you for who you are and believing that they love you. And so instead, you might not even try and seek out relationships. Or worse, 
you may seek out partners that criticize you in the same way you felt criticized growing up and people that do want to love you for who you are and not criticize you instead feel like the challenging threatening relationships because they challenge the part of you that you now have believed about yourself that you aren't worthy, that you are to be criticized, that there's always gonna be things wrong with you and how does that person not see those things? And so you begin to not trust this person's love and instead the only love you do trust is the ones that make you feel that same sense of self-criticism. If I were to give you my own advice on how to survive that type of connection, relationship, obstacle, person, whatever you wanna call it, or any heartbreak for that matter, if I were to give you any piece of advice on how to survive, how to overcome it, how to get out on the other side thriving. The way to survive is instead to take that person out of the narrative and look at the love instead. That dynamic of, I wanna prove myself to this person to be valued as their love. Take them out of the equation. I feel I need to prove myself in order to feel love. Or I'm not worthy of love and this person constantly is reminding me of how unworthy I am. Take them out of the equation. I'm not worthy of love and so I seek out love that makes me feel more damaged because that's the cycle or the loop that I know. Take that person out of the equation. It is not your job or your responsibility to control what other people do and how other people love you, but it is within your means or your ability to control or to at least perceive your relationship to love itself. Maybe not to that person, but to love itself is in your hands, in your control, and in every single relationship you go through, you are basically dancing with love and it's teaching you something. I've made a list of behaviors that I believe show you that you're not in love with somebody but instead you're in a lesson with love. If you're spending your day constantly obsessively thinking about somebody else or what they're doing and, in, and it's causing an inability to actually focus on your day to day, all you want is just that person to reciprocate your feelings without even the need of sexual intimacy or to truly value the same things. Like if all you need is just for that person to value you the same way you value them, you've gotten to a point where just winning that person over and having them in your life overcomes or trumps their own happiness or freedom. If you're drawing conclusions with somebody based on their behaviors or deeply analyzing tiny little subliminal things to try and see if there's something there, if you have an in-depth idea or reason why you believe you're meant to be with somebody who isn't with you right now. If you are more in love with the idea of your destiny with somebody than the reality of your love with somebody, then those are signs that this person isn't necessarily a true love, a long-term love, a twin flame, but instead it might not even have anything to do with that other person, but instead it's a sign from you and your relationship to love that there's something here for you to learn. Basically what I'm telling you is to find a very healthy way to detach from this kind of love or this perception of what you might believe to feel love is because for one that isn't what love is again I can't even say sometimes I get a bit of imposter syndrome in these talks because I'll do extensive research for our talks and things like that and bring in my own personal experience but again I am still just a 26 year old girl living in Canada and all of the times that I've felt all the things that I just said to you about different people it was never love and I could tell you what it was but that would just be me telling you what lesson I needed to learn in those experiences which for me was a deeper sense of self-value I did not value myself as a person I had very little self-esteem that I covered up with this fake 
ability to seem confident or seem like I knew what I was doing and seem like I deeply loved myself, but I didn't and I had to learn the hard way. I had to be shattered down into a million pieces and really lose myself and let myself go in order to find myself again. And it was a very, very hard and difficult experience. And it wasn't one that came with just one person. It came through different people teaching me that lesson, different relationships, highlighting and reflecting things back to me. And I'm sure I highlighted and reflected things back to those relationships too. But we create these ideas of destiny in movies and your love at first sight, your soulmate, your twin flame in a lot of ways, somebody who just wrecks you like a freaking wrecking ball as love because we like the idea that there's one person out there that's meant for us. But it's in my belief that that's not the case. There's many people out there that could fit very compatibly with you. So no matter the relationship you might be in, whether you are single, whether you are heartbroken, whether you are married, whether you're deeply in love with one of your soulmates, whether you, I don't know where you're at in life, but you can see it all as basically this. All of it correlates to the love that you saw, felt, and learned as a child. And the more you uncover that experience and that relationship with yourself, the deeper and the more intense your true love can be. You only have a certain amount of time and energy on this planet. And all of us have different variations of that time and energy. And there's no way to really know what the full verdict is on that time and energy. So don't waste it on people that make you feel like you're hard to love. Take the time to heal yourself if you keep chasing complicated or twin flame type relationships relationships. I know when I was single, I didn't want to do this either. So I know if I was on the other end of somebody saying this to me, I would be like, girl, I don't want to hear that right now. But the best advice out there is truly loving yourself is how you teach other people to love you. If you work on the way that you love yourself and you work on your relationship with love, you will attract people into your life that love you on that same frequency. So it's very interesting to look at the relationships in your life because they usually are a direct reflection of the type of love you give yourself. And that can either be a really painful awakening or it might be one that's made you realize how much you've worked on yourself over the last years, that the love that's in your life now is different than the love when you were younger and that's a good thing. Let's talk about just a few things that should come with a relationship in 2021 because we live in a weird time of technology and so many different things that I feel like dating in today's world is really weird and I say that from experience so when it comes to love look for this for one you don't only want somebody that's open and available you also too want to be open and available enough of this like I'm unavailable and that makes me attractive quality you want someone in the here and now who's open and willing and ready to make room for you in their life and vice versa someone who's compassionate respectful caring and considerate of you you're gonna want to find and be non-defensive and open. You want to not be constantly second-guessing or looking for ulterior motives or hidden meetings in their words and their actions. Find somebody who's open to trying new things with you because we live in such an abundant world and yes with uh, everything going on right now in the world maybe we don't have as much access to what we're used to which to be honest in my opinion I think is the world putting us all on timeout. but someone who wants to share activities and experiences with you who wants to learn about the world with you. Look 
Look for honesty and integrity. Look for somebody you can truly trust. Look for someone who respects your boundaries and other people's boundaries because the way people treat other people is just as important as the way people treat you. Someone who also respects your priorities, who respects your goals, who wants to support you, who wants to see you doing well, who doesn't want to take you away from the things that you truly deeply care about. Look for physical attraction and for sexual chemistry because if we're talking romantic love, these are two very important ingredients that you shouldn't feel shameful or feel like shallow about. Look for somebody who is understanding and look for somebody who's not controlling. These are the things that make a core healthy relationship, a true person that you can trust and be yourself and become best friends with and live out the rest of your lives just exploring each other, exploring yourself, exploring the world and learning all there is to learn here. The last thing I'll leave you with because again this is something I've learned in my lifetime and I think it's a very valuable lesson is that don't spend your time over romanticizing not needing somebody either or being so independent that you almost scare people away because I do believe that we need connections in our life and they don't necessarily have to be romantic connections if you don't want them to be but if you do value romantic love then yeah it's important to find it for yourself and to find the right kind for yourself and to not give yourself any less than you deserve and the first step in doing that is to look at and analyze the love you give yourself and the love that you seem to chase or to want most in your life because it'll teach you a lot about your relationship with love which is going to be the foundation of any relationship you enter into so there you guys have it. That's my chat about love today. I had so much I wanted to talk about here. I feel like we just did some like serious love therapy and I sprinkled in some personal experiences. If you guys do want more story times, I had the idea of doing like a part two to the scary boy stories because I have more. Let me know. I hope you guys enjoyed today's Valentine's Day inspired chat about love, heartbreak, twin flames, soulmates, everything in between. Hopefully this triggered some thoughts for you or some maybe experiences you've gone through and if you feel courageous enough to share them feel free to comment them down below or in the discord chat and aside from that I love you guys all the way let's go to Venus and back the planet of love and I will talk to all of you guys in the next coffee talk bye guys Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this 
when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.